You're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this afternoon. I'd like to welcome back to the studio the one and the only Andrew Dembina. How are you doing, Andrew? I am well, thank you. How well, are you, Noreen, today? Yes, I'm very good. All the better uh, for speaking uh, with you. You sound energetic. What have you got for us this week? Okay, sometimes we look at uh, what is going on in the, uh, in the world of uh, food and drink around the globe. I thought that today we might look at um, a few things that are going on around Asia. Oh. Asia, as it's the place that we live. Asia, so. nice, nice. Indeed, indeed. So um, a, a couple of newsy things. An interesting trend has happened, according to the Japanese news agency Nikkei, that was reported this month. Southeast Asia's convenience stores, so, you know, 7-Eleven, Circle K and all of the other ones, um, are booming thanks to them segging into cafe territory. Have you noticed that, Noreen, how if you go to one of those convenience stores, they seem to be enlarging their food serving counters and so on? Can I just say, I'm so glad you picked this topic. I went to Taiwan last year, to Taipei specifically, and I kid you not, I had such a lovely pesto clam spaghetti at their 7-Eleven cafe. No, really? I promise you. I know it was such a weird choice and, you know, blah, blah. And it was was only $79 NT, which was, you know, really, I think, I don't know, less than 20 Hong Kong dollars. And Mm, it was, it was quality. I mean, I don't want to sound like... What surprises? It's so yummy. Yeah, no, what... That's what surprises me there is that um, is that it was uh, um, you know a non-Taiwanese uh, dish that they were that they were doing well and you really enjoy it because um, I went to Korea two years ago and also in Seoul and a couple of other places that I went um, there were cafes within Seven Eleven and other stores that had seats and tables outside them. Exacto Mondo, yes, it was pretty cool and it was comfortable, you know, um, uh, because, you know, sometimes in Hong Kong when you, you know, grab a sandwich or something from 7-Eleven, you you have Mm. to stand up to eat or or you bring it back to the location that that you eat it. But there you just, you you can just sit mm. down and enjoy your meal. Exactly. It's actually fitted out to be a cafe, isn't it? Now, I mean, Hong Kong, as usual, being space starved is trying to... Um, multitask the best it can and I think we've probably noticed that there are more cooked or hot food counters I mean it's only a few years ago that it would be literally only sandwiches or a cup noodle that you could maybe get some boiled water on and have but now there are you know glass fronted counters that uh, that might not be serving up the finest fare but it's certainly a lot more than purely fish balls and uh, and quick noodles, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. I've seen the transition. Yeah. Sometimes I like to, you know, hang out at the 7-Eleven. Okay, that makes me sound really sad. But sometimes I like to observe <laughs> what's there. And they've got like a spag ball and whatnot. But these days they've got things like Hainan chicken and also curry beef brisket. So they really expanded yeah, their amazing. menu. Yeah, it's happening here. Everything but the seating is, is, uh, is happening because we're in the space staff place that is where we live. Um, but the, the, the report from Nikkei um, says that as well ex- as expanding these uh, counters across Asia um, and Southeast Asia more than the rest of Asia, um, the sales of other goods such as 
uh, stationery, beauty products, and other products are really rocketing because people are eating them. Their, their, their tables and counters are inside the shops. And guess what? While they're munching away, while customers are munching away, they're looking at what's on the shelves. So they've seen a direct correlation. It's like a really amazing across-the-whole-store boom by putting in uh, food counters and a couple of tables or or Hong Kong style, you know, sort of tall tables and um, like counter style. So in um, just a couple of stats, the, uh, the number of convenience stores in Southeast Asia, which does include Hong Kong, um, is uh, 74,000. That was uh, that was last year. And it's been rising at an annual rate of uh, of 10 percent thanks to an increase in sales. So the franchises have been getting bigger and bigger i mean we have tons of them here already if they're like the two most famous ones that i mentioned earlier malaysia saw a 17th percent 17 uh, percent record growth in uh, in uh, convenience stores last year that's Wowza. phenomenal isn't it well yeah. if yeah. convenience stores are adding cafes to boost their sales maybe mm. i don't know just a thought maybe restaurants here in hong kong can add shelves and sell products yeah <laughs> Not bad, not a bad idea. Take the take any any paintings off the wall or anything and put some shelves in with some price tags. <laughs> put some beauty, put <laughs> yeah. some Korean beauty products just, on your shelf. You've got a winner, exactly. you know. Sell some face masks. Would you like any moisturizer with that? Uh, have yeah, you have your exactly. caviar, exactly. but also your caviar <laughs> face masks. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could you could pair the, the the products, couldn't you? You could pair the beauty products with the um, with with the food type. Um, as as uh, Hokkaido, as e-commerce Hokkaido, grows, sorry, Hokkaido milk dessert with Hokkaido milk hand cream. Okay, anyway, I'm totally distracting you. Go on, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Um, pea risotto with uh, wasabi pea to take away to continue the flavour of a lovely pea-themed evening. <laughs> we could Sorry. go on. I feel bad for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, the, there's, um, the, the, the Nikkei Asian Review, who made this report, says that uh, as e-commerce grows, physical stores will need to adapt uh, because um, as well as some of the convenience stores are doing, they are losing some business to online shopping as is every other retailer out there um so uh convenience retail will have to uh um go online to also help boost some of the retail products says the uh nikkei asian review and talking about beauty products noreen um i one of the items i wanted to mention today i'm going to skip forward to that one because it's give us a not so smooth say because it's taken me some time to do that um, Thailand has recently uh, announced this month that it's uh, turning its rice, or some of it, into something else. Thailand has started turning its rice into something else, and I think, well, I've dropped the hint already, beauty products. So that's uh, rice into beauty products, Laurie. What do you reckon? I like that's it. Uh, instead of, cream? Instead of, exactly, instead of ice cream, it's rice cream. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> hey, and you don't, and you you don't eat this one. It's um, it, it's it's something that was announced this month, and the two departments from the Thai government have been investing in modern technology that can take out the best nutrients and use some of the rice, um, chemistry to also 
form the base of creams and serums. It's backed by the um, foreign the Ministry of Foreign Trade and the Ministry of Commerce in Thailand, they've introduced a project called Think Rice, Think Thailand to encourage international attention to this new range of beauty products um, under different brands. But that's the name of the project, uh, product. And they want to put consumer awareness um, into the fact that the national crop, because Thai is the biggest crop sold um, around the world from Thailand um, can provide a wider range of health benefits than being a, uh, a pretty uh, healthy, clean type of rice in itself when it's consumed as a foodstuff. Wow. The Ministry for Commerce, yeah, he explained how various types of Thai rice, because it's more than one type, it's not just the white jasmine stuff, have been tested and extensively researched. The aim was to identify their properties that would benefit the skin specifically and innovations led to three different main products or different types of rice there's something called red hom molly rice and um, this has been made into a cream that is packed with different antioxidants and it's um, much more concentrated as an antioxidant than any other type of rice um, there's something which is called rice berry rice bran oil bit of a mouthful which uh, is meant again, to be anti-aging and i'll try i'll try <laughs> and say that again rice berry rice bran oil extract nice wow it's, it's, it's not easier the second time um it, it's meant to basically restore and rejuvenate the skin give a glow and all that kind of stuff so it's a rejuvenator an anti-aging cream um, give more suppleness it contains a chemical called that's another tricky word anthocyanin um, don't ask me to repeat that one please but it's um but but that's that's another thing then they have black rice which we may know from uh, the black black sticky uh you know sticky rice with mango type desserts and from that kind of rice um the extract helps uh hold back cell deterioration and gives a bit of a uv barrier um against the sun and to um kind of pollutants that might age the skin um, uh, which is also sometimes found as quite similar to the chemicals that are found in grape seeds. So it gives a, uh, a more even tone for those with pigmentation as well, they say. Wow. So that's, that, that's a funny the old healing one. healing properties of rice. Or, you know, you could save yourself and just use some rice water. If you soak rice in water for a while, you, you can just use that rice yeah. water to wash your face. My grandmother swears by it. Oh, I know. I know that. I know that it's meant that rice water is meant to be nutritious to drink by some old-fashioned folk as well. But I didn't know it can be used for skin. Beauty product. Yeah, that's right. A good toner. Really good. Ah, that's have right. you tried it? Uh, no, I can't say I have. But I do have an uh, an exfoliant that is a rice exfoliant, and it relies on the enzyme uh, papin, and it exfoliates gently exfoliates the the dead skin cells, and that's also to do with rice. Wow. Anyway, but yeah, rice is really really good, very nice. Mm, is that? Can I just ask you? Is that rice hu rice husk, which is sometimes used in? Uh, uh, in spas for uh, exfoliation massages. No, um, rice it's, husk. It's actually a powdery no. stuff. I think it's been grinded down to a, like a powder. Right. 
Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, the final one, Noreen, on a different tangent, um, is um, that a report came out this month called the Asia Food Flavor and Flavor Enhancer Market. So it's about um, popular flavorings being made in Asia, some of them consumed here in Asia, and some of them exported to uh, foreign markets. And this was a project that was researched by a global research company called uh, Markets Report World. And it basically just offers a few insights into the demand and markets for flavor enhancers, which uh, are growing in some places. In Asia, due to the demand for some popular foodstuffs out of Asia as well as uh, within the region, um, food enhancers, both, um, well, mostly not natural ones, but some of them are natural, the whole market has grown 7.1%. Um, uh, and will continue to do so over a five-year period from 2018. The, 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 so it's going on data from last year, but it's projecting up to the year 2023. And Japan and China are the dominant markets for using the food and flavour uh, enhancers driven by the pref very strong preference for their consumers. What do you mean Any by surprises food, there? Yeah, well, what do you mean by food flavor enhancers? Do you mean like flavorings, MSG, or yeah, flavorings? Oh. Well, I mean MSG is a is a is a go to, but other other flavors that have been developed, flavorings that have been developed in those countries. And it could be, it could be, you know, turmeric or um, sure, or yeah. uh, chili flavor or garlic. Or, or yeah, yeah, Japanese, yeah. Uh, yeah, those kind of spices that you put in ramen noodles. Yeah, yeah, the, the multi, like, uh, or Chinese five spice and all of those different, there are combo ones as well. The, the um, Asia Pacific um, dominates the global market for, uh, for production of flavor enhancers for all foodstuffs. Wow, the, uh, wow. this, the Asia Pacific region produces, this is a crazy one, 80 percent of the of the uh, of the world's market share um of flavor enhancers with china leading that market 80 percent um, that's crazy yeah <laughs> it is it is it is and it's um so i mean these are specifically devi uh, devised to be either used within cooking or to add flavoring to things that you're eating so the report didn't say but i don't think that would also include salt and pepper salts that we discussed quite recently and um uh pepper which um you know which is produced as a more pure uh spice uh, rather than a flavor enhancer these are probably more artificial so, yeah yeah concocted um the uh, the southeast asian market for food flavors um does though fall into the categories of natural flavors so they're not all artificial um synthetic flavors which most certainly are and uh, in in China, there the, there are other um, you know very China specific flavorings um, in Sichuan and in India. Um, certain masala mixes um, were singled out. Uh, Korea has special flavorings for its sushi, which is different to Japanese sushi, which uses soy and wasabi. So there are lots of specific um, t tiny pockets of flavorings that add to this huge amount. That's eighty percent in this region. Wow! Um, another funny one, yeah. Another funny one that was mentioned was that Nestle, the big uh, manufacturer, food manufacturer, has um, has more than three hundred 
flavors of their products in Japan, um, especially noted for their famous brand of wafer and chocolate snacks. I think wow. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's not 300 of just that, that uh, particular chocolatey wafer. Um, but including that, that's, um, that's, that's Nestle, the international brand, has got more than 300 uh, flavors just for products in Japan alone, which is mad, isn't it? That's mad. So, I can't it believe I'm it. Not gonna go, it doesn't surprise me, but yeah. Yeah, it's a bit mad when you put, put the yeah. numbers to it. I, I'm not. I'm not going to go into um, uh, um, all the detailing, but um, but some of the effects on some of the numbers has come up because um, MSG, which you mentioned before, um, which sometimes is a given in certain parts of Asia, has been under stricter regulations in some countries, and so actually um, this. Uh, market study saw less of it being sold in certain countries. India is one that now has very strict regulations uh, for uh, for MSG use. Um, they're trying to restrain its use in the market. So flavor enhancers that are used, uh, say, you know, as in quick noodles and soup seasonings, typically in other places are now lesser found in the last couple of years in, in India. That's kind of interesting. But that the government's is. made a stand on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, China dominates the market uh, in that particular field, I have to say, from the findings. <laughs> Flavor enhancer <laughs> consumption, uh, MSG and others, driven by an increased consumption uh, of people of, uh, of noodles and, uh, and seasonings. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me there. Meanwhile, Andrew, thank you so much for your flavoursome, flavourful, flavoursome. <laughs> sharing it's it's quite a hong kong thing to say something's flavorsome right yeah it is a bit yeah yeah well thank you very much indeed well, for your flavorsome sharing this week until next time <laughs> thank you andrew dambina thanks noreen bye now bye now